Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today, we're talking to Mark Hafitz of Emory University. He is the director of data analytics for their internal audit department. His background has been uh, basically as a programmer on the financial side and the HR side and joined the internal audit group at Emory uh, about seven years ago as an IT auditor and then later became the director of the data analytics program. And this episode's a little different. We're gonna break it up into two episodes because Analytics is part of what I do also. So we kind of uh, went longer with it than normal, uh, than normally would be expected. So, and so because this is a two-parter, I just basically just cut it off at the at the end of the first one. So there's a pretty hard cutoff, but uh, there's some good stuff, a lot of really good examples and use cases for analytics. Here we go. Mark, if you could just kind of give us a background in analytics and really kind of the importance of analytics and uh, kind of a high level understanding of what it means to, to be using analytics in audit. Sure. So I think the really, the first question, you know, one needs to ask is why use data analytics? And some of the reasons why we should use data analytics are it supports the risk assessment. Uh, it enhances ability to identify emerging or apparent risks. It also enhances the ability to communicate issues to management. Uh, it's also a great source of valuable information, and it also helps with being able to monitor the operating effectiveness of internal controls. And another important thing is that it allows internal audit, the internal audit staff to work smarter, not harder. It's also and, really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool, yeah. Um, you know, and I think the first place you really need to start is defining what, what is data analytics, because I think depending upon who you talk to, everybody may have a different definition. So I'll just give you, you know, my definition. Sure. Um, so basically, data analytics is a process of inspecting, cleaning, transforming, and modeling data with the goal of discovering useful information, suggesting conclusions, and supporting decision-making. Uh, some of the data analytics techniques include data mining, cleansing, and blending, uh, continuous controls monitoring and auditing, uh, business intelligence, and then predictive analytics. Uh, I guess wanna, I want to talk a little about, you know, when you're using data analytics, uh, it really does support the risk assessment. Mm -hmm. um, it can enhance the ability to identify emerging or apparent risks, which I mentioned earlier. 
Um, and it also uh, allows for the ability to monitor control effectiveness, uh, identify exception transactions, and it's a source for business intelligence and can add to value enhancement. And so, you know, we get to a point where you're know, talking about, let's say, CCM, and, um, you know, given the current economic climate in, in our COVID-19 pandemic right now, uh, I guess I want to get a, a show of hands for the audience of, you know, who's got a budget to actually purchase a continuous controls monitoring system versus building one. Right. Yeah. So as I see out there, all, all you fans, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty limited budget right now. Yeah. So in our situation, and I'm going back now eight years before any pandemics were around and our budgets were still small, you know, and so we really couldn't afford to purchase a CCM solution. We decided to go ahead and build our own. And so we, we did save a lot of, and I'll talk a little bit later about, again, some of the benefits uh, to doing that. So, um, you know, in talking about uh, some of the quick wins, uh, we look at things like uh, in accounts payable, we can easily identify, let's say, uh, when we have duplicate um, vendors in the master file. Uh, for example, you know, you have, let's say, you know, IBM or I.B.M. or international business machines, you know, things like that. It's really the same vendor, but you have it in there multiple times. Right. Data analysts can easily identify those. Uh, one of the things also that you can use it for, let's say from the human resources side is um, doing new hire background checks to make sure they were actually completed. So that way, let's say, um, you know, if you're, if you have a new hire, you want to make sure that human resources actually completed that background check. So you can compare um, who are your new hires to the results of background checks to make sure that actually happened. Uh, also, we can look for uh, rehired employees where, let's say, if an employee had been previously terminated for cause, meaning maybe a policy violation or misconduct, uh, data analytics gives us the ability to basically look back to see what was the reason for their previous termination. And sometimes what, what happens is that the um, talent acquisition group or the recruiters, um, you know, they're supposed to really uh, check to make sure that there wasn't any kind of issues with an, an employee in their previous employment. But sometimes those things do kind of sneak through. And with analytics, it will catch that uh, pretty quickly. Uh, also, you can use analytics for doing uh, bank reconciliations. Uh, and make sure that those have the proper approvals. And also um, for doing uh, some really um, IT access control where you're looking for terminated employees that still have access. Uh, when we did some initial testing on that, we found uh, some IDs that had access to some of our systems where the employees were actually deceased. So that can happen. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. 
Audit Board's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. Yeah, I know that the term test, that's actually the first analytics test that I ever really did in audit and used to do it across all kinds of different systems. Um, and that was kind of the, when I learned how to do that and I just, you know, did it in Excel, but you know, just with VLOOKUP or something. Um, and when I did that and I looked at it and said, we just tested every single one of these and it took, you know, five minutes or we could have taken a sample and it would have taken forever and how much more coverage we got from it. So whenever somebody brings up the term test one, that one always uh, kind of resonates just because it's the the one that I did, you know, the first one that I ever did. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the low hanging fruit. Yeah. You know, and again, you talk about, you know, a sample. Well, how often do you, do you actually find something when you're taking a sample? Right. Exception. So when you can cover hundred percent of the transactions, you know, you're not going to miss anything. Right. Pretty much a no brainer. Um, yeah. So some of the other areas uh, uh, for the quick wins, uh, let's say we look at payment integrity, where again, looking at duplicate, for duplicate payments. Uh, also, let's say in the uh, travel and expense area, um, we have certain policies related to when can an employee use a per diem, um, you know, for, for traveling and typically we, we, the policy states right now that you can't use a per diem for a domestic trip. So you can use it for international, but not for domestic. And, you know, when we first ran, ran our analysis, we, we saw there were a number of employees who actually had done that. And then what you can do is then compare that to see, well, did they actually uh, go to a conference where the conference uh, actually had meals for them? And so, you know, you're catching people who are basically double dipping on that. Right. Um, another area that we look at is for fictitious vendors where a vendor gets set up uh, and then um, they get paid and all of a sudden they, they become deactivated. So we're looking for change and change back, that kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay. So you look at how long after they were set up that they were removed? Yeah. If, if there were payments made, yeah. then we, we noticed that there was, let's say it all happened within the same day that would set off a flag for us. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one before. I'm definitely yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, another area, uh, again, getting back to, let's say, in human resources, um, conflicts of interest where um, you have employees that have been set up in your vendor master as, uh, as a supplier, um, or maybe there's been P-card charges, uh, that uh, are for that um, employee as well. So this way, what we're doing basically is we're just checking to, to see, you know, are there any employees that are showing up in the vendor master or were there any P-card charges against them? We can compare, you know, their name, their address, and uh, also their, their, their bank accounts. Yeah. So that yeah, that, be- bank, that bank account one's kind of a dead giveaway when you, when you see yeah. a match on the <laughs> bank account. Address, yeah. depending on how you do it, you get you can get some false positives. Um, 
phone number, I've seen a little bit of results, but yeah, you get that, uh, those matching bank account numbers. There's, there's not a whole lot of questions and <laughs> digging that you have to do after you get that one. Right. Pretty, pretty straightforward on that. Um, another one that we, we like to run is um, looking for employees that, let's say, are enrolled for, let's say, medical benefits, but they're not getting a payroll deduction. So uh, we found out that the benefits group had a third party that would run this kind of a test, but they only ran it annually. And so uh, really it needs to be run every time payroll runs. Yeah. Because that's when the deduction occurs. Now, we did run into some issues where there can be some timing uh, problems involved where, let's say, uh, an employee had gone out on FMLA and uh, then their uh, vacation time runs out. And so now they're no longer getting that deduction. And so then they're basically paying it back, you know, out of, out of their pocket. Yeah. And so sometimes it takes a, a little bit of time for all that processing to occur where uh, we can identify, okay, yeah, here's the, the employee that now has to pay back, you know, that amount. And, um, you know, when did that payment actually occur? Uh, and usually though, the, the, the folks in benefits kind of know who those people are. So when they get the report, they can kind of just cross them off the list pretty quickly. Yeah. But that's been a, a very viable one to us as well. Uh, we run that both for um, our university and for healthcare. Um, and then in the, in the payroll area, we look for uh, issues of, we have a supplemental payroll system where, you know, employees can get paid, uh, can have a payment made that is outside of their, say, normal salary, whether it's for um, uh, extra duty, you know, things like that, or um, maybe it was uh, for a stipend, something, you know, something that, again, that's not part of the normal pay. And so we, we um, can look for duplicates in that where a lot of times what will happen is maybe it's the admin assistant that's entering the um, payment and they enter one and then four days later they forgot if they entered it or not and so they enter it again. And there's, there is actually an approval workflow process involved with that. But typically what we're finding is a lot of the approvers think, oh, it's a new one because it's on a different day. Right. And they just get to prove it. <laughs> so then we can catch that before the payment actually occurs. Um, also, we look for um, time and attendance issues where we have a clocking system where we, we look to see if um, an employee is clocking for two or more jobs at the same time. So in our at our university, and we, we actually allow employees to have multiple concurrent jobs. So especially with students where they could have two or three or four jobs. And so we're making sure that, uh, and also we can catch this if they're sitting in their classroom and they're clocking from their classroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> or, or they're sitting in their dorm. So basically when they're clocking is they're, they're basically you know, clocking using their phone. So we can see what the phone number is, and then we can pretty much tell, you know, where it's coming from. Yeah. And so um, we tend to catch that. I mean, luckily it doesn't happen too often. Um, and in some cases, there's some legitimate reasons for it, where maybe they're they're clocking from their dorm, and it turns out that, um, 
you know, maybe they're working for a faculty who said it's fine, you can work from your dorm, but obviously we, we wouldn't know that. So yeah. we have to have some interviews to understand exactly what's going on with that. Um, but that's always, you know, kind of a fun one, especially, you know, we're identifying those students that are in class or are clocking. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.